In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. midweek i think most of us are now getting over the loss but i'm here with thread greetham thread how are you buddy hey doing great here uh bye week in cleveland and you just got back from bria hey yeah i just got in i just put a post up on one of the uh storylines from john dorsey's press conference about trent williams you know that seems to be a big topic he made no bones that Chris Hubbard and Greg Robinson, he said they both need to be more consistent. As he was leaving, um, he was asked if he'd had any conversation with Bruce Allen, and he said, yeah, we've had a few conversations. Is there anything you want me to ask him? And he got up and was leaving, and one of the reporters said, ask him if he's going to trade his left tackle and his response was it takes two to tango so that led me to believe on things I've heard that they have been talking but the price is a little steeper than than what Dorsey was willing to to give up yeah and uh, Fred what do you think it's going to uh, cost for us to get him yeah I don't know um you know I don't think he wants to give up his first round pick if he could give up a pick, you know, a lower pick, and then maybe a player position of need. Browns have four tight ends. If there's, if they could take, you know, one of them, hopefully not in a Joku. But, you know, who knows? It just depends on these teams. You know, they all say they're not going to. And you saw Jalen Ramsey got traded. You saw Duke Johnson got traded when he, you know, I don't know if Williams has made any demands, but He's not doing them any good just sitting there. So who knows what will happen? Anything can happen. You know, I didn't think the Odell Beckham thing would happen. And then just when you thought it was dead, it happened. So I wouldn't be surprised in yet either way. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Some people on Twitter are saying uh, Njuku and the first round is just ridiculous for him. And uh, let's be clear, I don't think he's going to cost us that much. Well, then uh, you have to sign him because the reason he's not playing is because he wants big money, you know. So that's another consideration, obviously, you know, in the picture. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of a fine line. It depends on how desperate. There's about two weeks in the trade deadline. I had heard something recently that the Rams were in on it, but they don't seem to have the firepower that the Browns do since they traded for Jalen Ramsey. So, I don't know. The Browns didn't have the first round pick last year because the Beckham deal. I it's hard for me to believe he'd want to go into another draft without a first round pick. So, all things being said, we'll have to wait and see on that. Yeah, Jack Moore tweeted today for the Rams that's fifty six percent of two hundred million cap for seven players. It's insane. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what happens, and I think. It's easy to get in that situation. I think John Dorsey had some of that in Kansas City before when he was there. And I think that's part of the reason why he's trying to be judicious. He's got some high-priced players, and he's got some guys pretty soon will be wanting a big contract. 
namely Miles Garrett, Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, some of those got Joe Schobert this year, Demarius Randall. So you have decisions to make, and uh, you just got to make the ones. You got to feel, is this a decision if it's all in to get Trent Williams? Would that really put you over the top? And, uh, yeah, Jack Duffin tweeted, if there's uh, Trent Williams, if we cut Hubbard, it'd be 9 million dead cap. And uh, Robinson would be 0.5 million. So Greg Robinson would be the uh, easiest one to cut out of the two. It's no question. I mean, part of the reason is, ironically, the reason Freddie Kitchens got the job is because how good the offense looked in the second half of last season and Baker Mayfield and their relationship. And we've seen them struggle through six games. And so, you know, it's, it's really, you know, how do you, how do you, put that two and two together the reason you kept them because you wanted some continuity and you wanted to pick up where they left off and so far it's not happening if you've got no emotional attachments to the browns you could say higgins is on the trade block with the uh he's fully healthy to play and he didn't play well here's my thought on that he's also he's a he's in the last year of his contract and i think somebody will pay him some money he's going to want to get paid and you already have Beckham and Landry getting the big, big money. I cannot see the Browns, you know, giving him, you know, four-year, $40 million type of thing because that could be also why they're hoping Callaway and Ratley can be the third and fourth guys. you got to have some guys on the lower end of the pay scale that are playing when you got two guys that are be paying big, big money like Beckham and Landry. Callaway, would he be in that? bracket as well See, he's in he was a fourth round pick and he and he and he's in his rookie contract so he didn't get a big contract and he's under their control for four years at least before he can be restricted so that's what I'm saying he's very low on the pay scale compared to what a Higgins would probably ask for at the end of this year when you look at Hunt he's super cheap I think for a he's couple a of years well. free agent if he gets on the field and qualifies this year. So, yeah, he's under contract as well. The one player that may be trade bait is Avery. Yeah, I mean, since they're not using him, it's hard. You're probably not going to get much for him because he was a fifth-round pick. And it is a little head-scratcher because he was third on the team in sacks as a rookie, and yet he's been inactive every year or every week. Um, I don't think the defensive coordinator is very high on him. They used to list him as a linebacker. Now he's listed as a defensive end behind Chad Thomas and Chris Smith, who haven't really set the world on fire. Seemed to be that, you know, they ought to they ought to try him, see what he can do. But I don't know if they'd get much for him. I think your best bet in trades would be somebody like a Kareem Hunt, because that could be a whole nother situation. You got Nick Chubb. You don't need another running back unless you're going to go to a two-back system, you know, that could be a kind of a problem. How are you going to get him the ball and get him incorporated into it? So, you know, I don't know what they'll do there, but he seems like he would be a commodity that could be attractive to some teams because, like you said, he's cheap, and he obviously was an NFL rushing champ. Any news on Njuku when he'd be back at all? Yeah, um, saw him in the locker room today, had a cast on his left wrist still um he wouldn't be eligible until after he sat out eight games so i think that's i can't remember i don't have the date off top of my head when he went on the injured reserve but i thought it was about the 
middle of November, sometime in there. That's why he didn't have surgery is because he was hoping he could get back to the end of the season. I think a lot of it will be how the season's looking at that time. If they're still in the hunt, otherwise they probably wouldn't bring him back. I do think they're going to bring this Drew Forbes, who was a rookie. I think they're going to bring him back. I think that's why they traded Austin Corbett. They gave up on him. Forbes' fifth-round pick, if you remember, they kind of did a strange move when they asked Greg Robinson. You know, they waived him, and he actually was available, but so they could so they could do a transaction to keep Forbes and put him on injured reserve so he could come back after eight games. So in a couple of weeks after the bye, Forbes could be in there at one of at that right guard position. Do you know if he's well enough now to be start practicing or Yeah, he's out, he's been out with the trainers on the field. He's not allowed to cuz he's on injured reserve, but I saw him walking around today in the locker room. He looks fine to me, but when you're on injury reserve, you can't practice or do anything, you know, with the team. So he's been out there with the guys that are on stationary bikes that are on the team that are injured. And he was out there doing some stuff with the trainers. I've seen him for a couple of weeks. So I think he's healed up. It's just, you have to sit out eight games once you're put on injury reserve. So that give that puts him in kind of the same ballpark as Kareem Hunt, you know, that, that first eligible time, I think, is the Buffalo Bills game in November. And uh, what about Randall? Because he's been um, – he said he's picked up an injury against the Seahawks. He sat out today and he talked – he didn't officially talk to the media, but over at his locker he talked to a few of us that strolled by and he said that he wasn't sure he'd be able to play, you know, when they came back because he didn't practice all week. So I don't know about that. Sometimes, you know, those guys have been instructed not to say anything about injuries, and they don't have to put out an injury report at all during the bye week. So Baker didn't practice. Freddie said he'll be ready to play. Randall didn't practice. Everybody else pretty much did. I would expect he'd be ready, you know, with with a good 10, 12 days of rest. It looks like the Randall-Kaiser trade was great. Uh, Obviously, Kaiser's now third string quarterback at the Raiders and obviously Randall's starting safety but do you think he's done enough to get his extension yeah it just depends on how much he'll he'll take you know he he's a good player they do have depth at that position I mean they like Whitehead they like Burris Morgan Burnett's a little older um, but they drafted Sheldrick Redwine and I think the reason is is that if Randall wants too much money, they would turn to some of those other guys. But I agree, he's a he's a good player. I would have hoped they would have got the extension done before the season because you know how it works. Whenever they get into the season, it always seems like they end up being free agents, you know, and just wait, and then then they go to another team. Got the same thing going with Joe Schobert. You know, he's played very well. We talked to him today, said he felt he's having his best year, and and he's going to want a contract extension. So that's what's the fine line that John Dorsey's trying to walk, you know, with do you go out, do you go all in to get a Trent Williams, or do you wait and draft a tackle in the first round next year or, you know, some other via means. So that's where they're at. Yeah, another player that's going to be looking for extension is Tretter. Yeah, I mean, that was the original, you know, that it looked like they were grooming Corbett maybe to be 
his replacement. But obviously yesterday, by trading him, they gave up on him. Don't think he's the answer at guard or center and moved on for him. I mean, that's admitting a major mistake. I mean, I'll tell you, Paul, that 33rd overall pick, you can't hit on them all, but that would have gone a long way in this offensive line being strong. If you would have got the player that you were expecting to get with a 33rd pick, you would have had a starting, you know, you should have had the starting left tackle, whether it was Corbett or you thought he could be the tackle or somebody to replace Joe Thomas, because now you're in this revolving door with Greg Robinson. You don't know, you know, if he's the answer, you don't know at right guard. Corbett should have, that pick should have solved <laughs> one of those five positions for a long time, and obviously it didn't. You see the players that got took, taken around him, and you can never do hindsight, but I think in this case, you probably can. And uh, you got to remember, Fred, there is busts every year with first round picks. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy with what Dorsey's done, but he did, you know, obviously he's admitting he made a mistake on that move. And, uh, you know, jury's still out on some others, but overall he's night and day with this roster is, you know, now it's just getting them to play together. And that's, I think that's part of what he was saying, that they weren't ready to go for it, but it looked like by the moves that they were going for it. And it's just taking time to meld as a team. you got a first-year coach trying to figure it out on the fly. You know, and in hindsight, I said this on the radio a couple times this week, is that if you thought, if you were pretty sure you weren't going to bring Greg Williams back, you really should have just, you know, and you felt good enough about Kitchens to be your offensive coordinator, I think you should have just had him be the interim head coach, let him learn on the job last year in the second half of the season, and then this year I think it would have been even more continuity, or they would have known if they weren't going to keep him and then make a change. But right now he's learning on the job, and obviously everybody sees the mistakes he make, and it's going to take time. The next pick with uh, Corbett would have been Will Hernandez, guard from the Giants. And then the, then obviously the chop went next. Darius Leonard, rookie player of 2018 with the Colts. He was the 36th pick. So, uh, but yeah, you can't do our hindsight with these things, but it is interesting to look back, seeing what we could have got. Yeah, that line, you know, when you got your franchise quarterback, it's so important to protect him. And right now you feel like, yeah, you feel like the only reliable guys are Treader and Batonio. So, I almost think, like you said, Treader's a must to resign um, because you just can't go get four upgrades in one season. But yeah, I definitely think our first round pick, we can't trade it away and we need a tackle. And uh, I don't think a 31-year-old tackle, we should trade for a first round pick. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole situation is age and, and the salary and everything involved. And so maybe the demands will come down. Maybe they won't feel like there's nothing, you know, and then you could say, hey, that'd be a good move. But I just don't think you throw everything in. It's not like, I don't think at this point they've shown their one player from the Super Bowl. Miles Garrett article, all the tweet he's tweeted that a fans hopped out of his car and to take a picture of him and then the, the fans punched him in the face. I, to be honest, I saw something alluding to it. But I did not, I didn't, I don't know any more details about that. would be ridiculous. And I have no reason to not believe Miles. He's a straight up guy and, and everything. 
So that would, that's abhorrent, you know, behavior um, to anybody, let alone, you know, a guy for the Browns that's, if he's accommodating you to take a picture and so forth. I, I don't know what possessed somebody to do something like that, just as a human being. But that's the society it seems like we're in nowadays. Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll see a video come up from the person who did it in the near future. But yeah, I think it sounds like a total sucker punch and it ruins it for everyone else. You know, the fans. Oh, that, I that... I'll tell you one thing. I wouldn't sucker punch Miles Garrett. I mean, you know, unless he's provoking him to try to get a lawsuit or, or something like that. That's sometimes that's what people's motives are is to get people provoked and get them to hit them and, and then they can sue them. So yeah, that's unfortunate. All right, Fred, I'm going to finish up by asking, did you see anything else out of the ordinary at Bria today? No. I mean, they were all had one foot on the get to the cars. I mean, everybody vacated the locker room pretty quickly. They had a short practice inside because it was rainy. We didn't talk to but one player, Joe Schobert, was the only one really that stuck around to talk to us, you know, formally. Uh, so it was just kind of a get out of Dodge day. And uh, I think this will do them good. You know, I think this will heal up, you know, Higgins and, and Ward and Williams, they'll all be 100%. That's why they kept them out the last game. And uh, hopefully they can get their heads straight because they have the rest of the season. I really think they have a very good schedule, particularly the final nine games. You know, Patriots will be a tough one. You almost hope the Patriots will win, so they're 7-0. and I think that would help the Browns. Then maybe they wouldn't even be as focused, you know, being 7-0 and and having things wrapped up. Those final nine games, the Browns really can control their own destiny in the division. You win all five in the division, you're going to win the division. I don't care what anybody says. And that puts you in position to get the experience in the playoffs. The first six games has definitely been a Brownsy roller coaster, and I'm looking forward to the next nine games. All right. Fred, where can people find your details? Yeah, get on the OBR.com. We got everything going there, or they can follow me on Twitter at Fred Greetham, F-R-E-D-G-R-E-E-T-H-A-M. I put all my stories on my Twitter account as well. So check it out. Thanks for having me, Paul. Thanks a lot, Fred, and uh, see you out in Cleveland soon. Okay, sounds good. Take care, buddy.